introduce ourselves. All right, three, two, one. Don't do it yet. <laughs> Are we going to introduce ourselves? We're going to have the little intro. Yep. And then you're going to say, I'm Mackenzie Weber. Yep. Two, <laughs> two girls, one small town. Yep. Podcast. Hold on. <clears throat> Ready? Three, two, one. Hey, Jeannie. Hey, Kenzie. What's up? Not much. How was your fourth weekend? Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun. The fireworks were so awesome. Incredible. And I spent the day Saturday in Elks Park doing inflatables. Oh, my goodness. Best day ever. They wanted to shave my boyfriend's head, and I wouldn't let them. Corbin, don't let them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a special guest here with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Matt Solomon. I am your candidate for Senate District 8. How fun. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, So you are from Eagle County, correct? Or Eagle, Colorado? Yes, ma'am. I live in Eagle, Colorado, which is in Eagle County. Yeah. (laughs) And you've been there, what, 21 years or something? 26 years. I moved there in 1996. Wow. What brought you to Eagle? I drove. (laughs) <laughs> is that it <laughs> or are you, you being there was no long lost love or, or. well there were no stoplights along I oh, and I just man. kept going <laughs> no stoplights no it, it, I got to Eagle and it said stop uh-huh. in the name of love Um, so you brought up the stoplight, so now I have to talk about it. We used to have a stoplight here in Rangeley, and you have heard on the podcast that we, you know, used to have a stoplight. Somebody ran into it. And so if you're elected as a senator, how would you help me get my stoplight back? So as you you may or may not know, I served uh, two terms on town council in Eagle. I have it on my notes. <laughs> and... I think there's an opportunity where we can get the council, the county commissioners, and myself as your senator to work together with CDOT uh-huh. to at least let CDOT be aware that this is very important to you. <laughs> what, what I would recommend, though, is we partner and open a business in Rangeley, and I would say a car wash with a stoplight in front of it. Oh, my goodness. So people have to turn into the car wash, and we give you the trigger okay. so you can stop traffic in front of your business. <laughs> She's loving this. I love this idea. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it, it's like everybody else has said, there's nothing, no magic wand or promise I can make other than I'll do what I can to help you. Okay. But Matt, if we get a petition to get the stoplight back, would you sign it if you're elected to the Senate? Would it be appropriate for me to sign it? <laughs> I, I believe think so. it would. <laughs> I don't For think it would be controversial. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my constituents. Mm-hmm. It, it, part of my role in the Senate is to represent and support all constituents. Heck yeah. So absolutely, I'll support you in this quest. I'd also like to offer, you ever watch Mythbusters? Yes. They did an episode on stoplights versus roundabouts. Okay. And roundabouts were shown to be more efficient. Okay. Well, just so you know that one of our Longtime um, residents, Bud Striegel, who is very beloved in this community. We just had him on the podcast, and he wants a roundabout in front of the auto museum. So now you've got a double whammy. Yeah. I mean, we could put in a roundabout and a stoplight. How confusing would it be if we put a stoplight in the roundabout? You know what? I think that sounds like a great idea. I don't know how it will work, but I think we should do it. It would be as clear as muddy politics, you know? So what made you want to get into politics? I don't think anything really makes somebody want to get into politics. Mm -hmm. For me, it it started with town council, and I was really active in starting the Eagle River Park. And even before that, in one of the businesses I ran, I had spoken to the Senate on behalf of some legislation that got passed. So I just natively started getting involved. Yeah. And then I had a group of customers at a town hall meeting. At the end of this town hall meeting, I don't know, a dozen years ago or so, they turn around and they tap their left wrist, you know, like they're tapping their watch. And I shrug and I text one of them, what? And he's like, ask some questions. And I said, I came here to to listen. I didn't come here to, to ask questions. And what came out of that meeting, and they told me at the end of the meeting, was they were looking to me 
to be their voice piece mm -hmm. through the business as my clients. And so I did over the last dozen or so years started getting involved. And what I found on town council is, is I offered just a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of, even at the, the town level, all the way to the state level, you get legislation that has great promises and pretty titles, but you get into the meat of it mm -hmm. and it doesn't always deliver what you hope it'll deliver. And sometimes stuff will get pushed through and the consequences aren't thought of down the road. And so I hope I can bring that perspective yeah. and an ability to collaborate with groups of people, not just with my party line, because it, I represent everyone. I've made a point in this campaign. I haven't asked anybody what their party affiliation is. Right. And it's not that I don't care about the people. It's that that party affiliation shouldn't matter because we're Coloradans mm -hmm. and we're in this together. Roundabouts and stoplights, they function differently. Yeah. But there's a time and a place for each and we just need to find that time and place and to do that we have to have conversations i was reading and this is goes back to the obama era and i just want to say i'm not a fan of obama but <laughs> he said step across the aisle and you use a different phrase for that i do uh, uh, Kenzie, yeah. are, do you remember Obama? Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> you're younger than both. I think I'm older than both of you. I don't think you're older than Jeannie. I'm really old. Well, you're doing it better than I am. <laughs> I'm 22, so. I'll so never tell was, my age. That was, so Obama was our president, what was that, eight years? 12 years ago, 2008? Eight, eight, no, 2012. He served two terms. Oh my two God. terms. Yes, he did. Yep. Trump was elected in... 16, 16. so 8 and 12, mm -hmm. which put you in junior high school. Yep. Okay. I'm Isn't just, that crazy? That is not, <laughs> it does not help. I know. <laughs> does not help me feel any younger. Um, so I prefer, I don't like reaching across the aisle. Because when we say we're reaching across the aisle, we're recognizing that there is a divide and we're enabling that separation. And, and I would prefer, and, and the phrase I've been using is bridging the gap. And if you can picture a canyon with a bridge going from one side to the other, it's the opportunity for both sides to come together. And that's what we really need to happen. The, the, the party line voting that has taken place the last four years is the economy we have right now is a direct result of that. Mm -hmm. And we've got to stop that. We have to work for the best interest of our state and of our constituents. Right. You know, I just had a conversation about this very thing with a, a dear friend of mine. Um, and we were talking about, you know, currently in our state, obviously it's the last four years have been under uh, Governor Polis, who leans pretty far left. And so when you're in a community like Rio Blanco County that leans kind of the opposite, pretty much op total opposite, um, it becomes difficult to get things done in a small community like mm -hmm. this. So I like that bridging the gap and we have to look for ways, and we just had this discussion, recognize our differences, but look for ways where things that we need that we can work on together. Yeah. That's, can I borrow that? May I borrow that? <laughs> Absolutely. So our whole thing with this podcast was to be positive, unaffiliated, and give a voice to everyone. Um, and so I really appreciate your stance um, for running for Senate as being able to be somebody that will bridge the gap between us because I think that's just been such a, a big problem because it's been so radicalized. And it's frustrating, especially as a young person, be like, why can't I just get along with you even though I don't think the same as you, you know? So what I found is almost everyone seems to agree on 70%, 80% of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems like we get hung up on one or two issues. And if we could have a rational conversation with respect, mm -hmm. we could talk through those issues and grow and learn and maybe come out of that conversation, maybe not converted, but with a bit of knowledge or some perspective we didn't have when we went into it. Right. When the conversation starts with finger pointing or accusations or name calling, then there's 
no opportunity for that conversation to happen and we all come out losers. Right. So it, it, it behooves all of us to have the conversation in a respectful manner and embrace the 70% that we do agree on. Absolutely. Well, and, and I want to point out a, f- a few things. Your your bio is impressive. Yes. You, uh, I mean, you've been everywhere. You've, as far as you've served on the town council, you've been a business owner, a paramedic, you've been a coroner. He's also the vice chair of USA Freestyle Kayak Committee. So I would like to, well, well, I would was, like to point that out because he loves water. So. And he was a professional kayaker. Mm-hmm. You're a photographer, a videographer. Mm-hmm. You uh, were a civilian contractor for the U.S. military. You've written a book. Yes. Uh, so you've got quite an impressive bio. So I, I want you to tell the residents of Rio Blanco County how you can use all of those things to help in if you're elected to the Senate. <laughs> I don't take the the Senate seat lightly. Mm-hmm. It, it to me, it's humbling to even be a candidate in this race. And I think that when you have a Senate composed of thirty five individuals representing the state, you have to have some life experience and knowledge combined together. And to me, that's what combines to bring wisdom. You have thirty five people making decisions on the half of the state. You have to have that wisdom. Right. And and I think I said it in the the assembly speech, there's um wisdom, strength, and beauty are three qualities, right? Wisdom can to contrive, the strength to support, and the beauty to adorn. Well, wisdom, we can all have knowledge, and knowledge can be used for good or bad. But wisdom comes from experience coupled with knowledge. And that's what can be used for good. And that's what gives us perspective. And that's what I hope that I can bring to the table with the varied experiences that I have. It grants me perspective and hopefully that ability to think ahead when I'm looking at legislation, not just of, is this good for me? Is it good for my constituents? But in five years, will this still be good? Or what are the repercussions of this? What precedents can be set by this? How can we adjust it so it's sustainable for the long haul? Absolutely. I wanted to touch on your book a little bit. It's called Fortunate Accidents. Am I correct? Yes, yes. ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Um, it's, so what's your book about? Do you want to tell everybody what your book is about? Um, I would love to hear more about it. Uh, it uses stories from my life, mm-hmm. short vignettes, to teach lessons on personal growth and leadership. I have not read it. I did <laughs> get on. <laughs> I did read just a little excerpt from it. So I do want to read it, though, because that's the type of books that interest me. I think it's $20 on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I will gladly give you one for 40. (laughs) Well, then you'll have to borrow it to me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But um, I wanted to also talk touch on your um, paramedic background um, because we love our first responders here in Rangeley. It's so important to us just because all of the things that are going on in the world, you guys are are lifesavers pretty much. So um, I would love to talk about that and your experience with being a paramedic. Do you want to tell a story or just tell us about it? (laughs) May I give my first shout out on the show? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I sat down with Shauna Kenny this morning, the Mm -hmm. director of EMS at the hospital. Shanna, yeah. Or or Shanna, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, that young lady has a heart mm-hmm. like no other. She sincerely cares about this community. She cares about EMS and she gives her all. And I am really impressed with the drive she's had for a long time in, in supporting this community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was nice to have a conversation with another paramedic and just relax a little bit, talk EMS, and talk ideas and and things that I can bring to the table in the Senate to support EMS more directly than what's being done now. Um, One of the things we talked about was was paramedics, and sometimes we're we're overlooked. a couple people in Rangeley said, well, I hope that you visit our town because we feel overlooked. Well, I have been here several times and I've come here over the last 20 years a few times. I worked for Shell for two years as a, oh, a contracted awesome. paramedic. Um, so I've been here quite a bit, although this was my first fireworks display with you. <laughs> and we'll touch on that in a bit. Um, but 
one of the things she pointed out this morning was that paramedics don't get recognized. We often get overlooked by law enforcement or firefighters or nurses. And the paramedics and the EMTs in our communities, they do a lot of work. And they are working with people sometimes on the worst day of their life and trying to help the family, trying to help the patient, and trying to help each other. So it, it, I really hope that I can be a voice for our first responders in the Senate mm-hmm. and convey that perspective that currently is not there. I love that. So what made you want to become a paramedic in the first place? Kayaking. Kayaking? <laughs> I, uh, we were kayaking this class five section of Whitewater up in Eagle County and I was in an EMT class and I was getting my EMT because at the time I was a raft guide and we made an extra $5 a day if we got our EMT. Oh, I love it. <laughs> or was it $10? I think it was $10 for the wow. EMT. It was $5 for your wilderness first responder. Hey, that's a lot back then, but you know, $5 to just get you one gallon of gas now. So <laughs> Poor broke raft guide living in his truck. I'll take the extra $10. <laughs> And so I'm kayaking with a friend of mine who was a paramedic at the time, and now he's a PA. Um, I swore I wasn't going to say um on the show, and no, I just you're did okay. it. <laughs> for the record and for the listeners, I came into here with no idea what they were going to ask me. <laughs> and I walk into these two beautiful smiles. Oh. <laughs> Please sit down, and they're tapping their fingers <laughs> with, a, with a cheeky grin. <laughs> So anyway, we're kayaking down to this section of river and we're between rapids and he looks at me and he's like, how's your EMT class going? I said, that's oh, going fine. He's like, you need to work on the ambulance we're hiring. And I was like, I don't want to work on a box. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to work on the river. I want to be outside. Long story short, he talked me into it. I went and interviewed, I got the job and I got hooked. That's awesome. And it kind of leads into one of the things that our state's facing right now and that's the fentanyl crisis. <sighs> My second call in the ambulance was an overdose on fentanyl. Mm. And this was in 2001. So this crisis is not new. Mm. It, it was a lady that had taken heroin and it was cut with fentanyl. She took her normal dose and died. Mm. That's, that's the long and the short of it. And uh, this happened a couple other times over the, the course of that week. The question that has to be asked is, what's changed between 2001 and today where this would happen occasionally to, this is a regular thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to look at. We need to stop putting Band-Aids in these arterial bleeds and we need to look at the root of the problem and what caused it. And if we look at the 2019 misdemeanor reform bill that was voted on by the majority party, all of our representatives in the House and in the Senate, um, they reduced the consequence for distribution and and possession of of fentanyl. Right. So we're going to take this from being a felony into being a misdemeanor, and we're going to tell you, hey, it's not that big of a deal, and we're going to say that we're doing this to help with mental health. Uh, There was a senator that said on the floor this year, I believe, I believe it was this year, that their party does not believe, their party values do not believe in convicting criminals Mm. because they can't commit crimes. They must have a a mental health disorder. Let's address that. To me, as someone that, that is a first responder, it's a slap in the face for people that are having emotional health or behavioral health or mental health issues mm-hmm. just to say every criminal has a mental health issue, so let's change the law. Mm-hmm. So by reducing that, you opened up the doorway for opportunity for crimes to take place. And I think that was one of several factors that went into the spike in fentanyl crime. As a side note, they also reduce the penalty for domestic violence in that same bill. It is a horrible piece of legislation. Um, Well, I think there's other states, a a couple I can think of right off the bat, that have done similar things now that their population is declining quickly because of this very type of law. And so we have a, a situation where laws were created, there were unintended consequences, and now we're reacting to a reaction. And we need to pause and take a breath. And this is where, if I win the Senate race, we flip the Senate. And that forces balance in our legislature. And when you force balance, you force conversation. And instead of having emotional reactions to things that happen, we can respond to things with thought. Right. And so that's important. 
So we were talking about the ambulance and getting into yeah. it. And, and I got hooked immediately and worked my way to become an EMT intermediate, which, and then to becoming a paramedic and uh, teach occasionally at the college, the paramedic class. I've done that for about 20 years. And that was at Colorado College? Colorado Mountain College. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. So and I want to hear more about your business. Yes. Your, your business that you started. Oh, I thought you meant my personal business. We're on air. <laughs> the Alpine Arms, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, cool. So it, I had an audio video company uh, for a while, and it was, it started out shooting video for outdoor sports companies. Mm-hmm. I did jobs for Keen, um, Fox Sports, NBC, wow. shooting B-roll footage or segments for their their pieces on action sports. Disney called, and I subcontracted some shots for Disney. And the end of that company, my life seems to go in nine or 10 year intervals, about nine <laughs> years into that one, I chose the Grand Canyon over going to Japan to film a piece for Nat Geo. So that was the end of the AV company. Came back, was still working on the ambulance, and uh, we were working towards setting up tactical EMS in Eagle County, getting paramedics on the, on the SWAT team, on the SOU team. And I needed a new hunting rifle, and I was looking for a pistol so I could start training because I wanted to do that. And there were no gun shops around. So we drove to Denver to a gun show, and as we're driving back up, my friend Hobie had watched me start up and launch two or three other companies for other people and then my own, and he's like, you need to start a gun shop. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. I don't have time. You know, I want to go kayaking. I'm on the ambulance. I just finished with these other two companies. We're good. Month later, I had a legal pad full of business names. I had three (laughs) books on ATF laws and it was decided. I put in my application. I studied all of the laws and I was committed to running a company based on education and not just, you know, crushing it. And I would sacrifice sales to sell a class instead of a gun Mm -hmm. because to me the education was important. Being, you know, responsibility was important. Mm -hmm. Um, So I changed the model a little bit and uh, I slow rolled this company and it it grew itself and we got a, a really good following. Uh, I'm pointing at my arms right now, and you can see I brought two guns for, for y'all to look at today. Sorry. Bad no, jokes. Good. Bad jokes. Yeah, no. So having said that, though, Matt, so Rio Blanco County, Rangeley, we're hunters. We are um, avid Second Amendment supporters. Do you support the Second Amendment? Straight out. Straight out, ask, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yes or no? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Second question. Do you own a gun? I just showed them to you. <laughs> well, your muscles don't count. <laughs> yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, like that. That, that's a good thing. That is. That's, that is, to me, that shows that you do support the Second Amendment yes. if you own a gun. Yeah. He has a gun company, Jeannie. I know. <laughs> Nine and ten years. Uh, just after the tenth anniversary of Alpine Arms, I did sell it. Mm, okay. And so I've been out of that business for about four years. Wow. Okay. Well, yep. congrats. I guess. Thank you. <laughs> the new owners are doing a fantastic job. Sweet. That's always good when you leave it in good hands. So it, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it if you sell a business and it doesn't survive, and I I've thought this. It. it is that a reflection of me? Mm-hmm. Is, is it a reflection of the business? What does that mean? And just to sell a business and see it continue its growth, mm-hmm. it's a testament to the, to the customers, the clients of the business, to the new owners, and to the founder of it. So yeah. it's a good thing, and I hope that they have long success. Heck yeah, I love it. Um, so I wanted to go back to um, the drug thing that you brought up, because that is a huge issue, and our mental health especially is a huge issue. Um, and I think... Uh, we had like the third largest drug bust in Colorado just a couple hours away from here. I don't remember the town's name. Olathe? Not Olathe. Um, Oh, shoot. I don't remember. I'll have to look it up later. Um, And so I I guess, how would you help crack down on all of the drugs coming through Colorado and people doing drugs and the mental health? Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? (laughs) Where do we start? (laughs) We need to come together and correct our course mm-hmm. based on these la- the laws from the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
we need to, and I'm going to apply this phrase to small business as well as to, to the drug issue that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But we need to foster and facilitate and create opportunities mm-hmm. instead of hindering law enforcement or hindering our small business owners with overly restrictive laws. Right now, the way our laws have been written is opportunistic for criminals. The Band-Aid they put on fentanyl this year, it is it created an opportunity for criminals. And if, I, if we had 100 people in this room and I walked in with a bag of whatever drug cut with fentanyl and I sold it to all of you and you had a party around the table and all of you dropped dead and I stayed here and called 911 and remained, I walk away scot-free. Yeah. It, this pro-criminal legislation has to stop. Mm-hmm. And we had an example in the town of Eagle of community policing and it started with the chief and it was fully integrated top to bottom in the police department. And we need to create a culture in our state of not just community policing, but also positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And you don't do that by making laws easier to get away with breaking. You create that through interactions and and being good people. (laughs) Being a good good human. human. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, And and back to the mental health. I mean, um, I feel like we are having a raging problem with people coming out of COVID and being depressed and having tons of anxiety. And um, there's not a ton of healthcare options, especially in rural communities. Is there any way that you can help us with that? Or If I do more shout outs to y'all than you guys do, does that mean I get the $5 coupon? You might. <laughs> shout out to Town of Eagle Town Council. Well, there you go. At the very beginning of COVID in our council meeting, one of the things that was pointed out was we need to, in addition, think two, three years down the road economically, we need to start thinking about the emotional distress of, of our town and our community. Mm-hmm. When you isolate people and, and you desocialize them, it, there's going to be some emotional grief, some withdrawal, and um, some emotional health issues that are going to arise. And we are seeing that across our state today, across our country. I was working a job in California last year, and part of my job at this on this contract was talking people into coming to work that hadn't left their house for nine months. <sighs> it, it, and they were getting a stimulus check and <laughs> and they money were scared to, to go home. outside. Yeah. They were scared to interact with people. They they were socially awkward, mm-hmm. and every person I spoke with in the meetings that we had came into the job and worked from beginning to end and left with a smile on their face. Awesome. And so it, it we've got to foster that. We've mm-hmm. got to support positive interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, on the mental health side, I think there's opportunity for us to be creative. Mm-hmm. And instead of just paving the way for one side of, of, of an agenda, I think we can pave the way in a positive way with mental health, with some creative and alternative solutions, Mm -hmm. whether that's alternative therapies with ketamine infusions Mm -hmm. or more opportunity for mental health clinics to be more readily available instead of just dosing them up with whatever the med of the day is, throwing them in a room and saying goodbye. You know, we have, I was on a committee that started the discussion of community paramedics in Colorado 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And the community paramedic program in the state is top notch. It was the leader in the country. And we can utilize these community paramedics in ways we haven't even thought of. It's a highly skilled group of medical providers. And I think there's an opportunity to use them in this mental health arena. Right. We just need to have the conversations. You know, another thing I thought of with um, the drug crisis and everything, and um, I remember a few years ago when I was watching the news, mainstream media, <laughs> and um, they had brought some type of legislation or safe house up where people could go and inject their drugs into their arms and stay at these houses and ride their high out. And I just thought that was so crazy because we're providing the space for them to do it and then we're wondering why all these people are dying from drugs. Um, I mean, I just think that is so bizarre and so insane and then we hand out needles like it's candy. So, I don't know. I think that's crazy. Maybe that's why they dropped it from a felony to a misdemeanor. Yeah, Hey, this is illegal. We'll use taxpayer money to buy it. Yeah. Um, 
There are some studies that show that works when done properly and weaning them off, mm -hmm. but I don't think that that's been fully accomplished. No, I, I don't think so either. Jeannie, you had a hard-hitting question for Matt. I do. Uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> let me, let me brace. <laughs> no, Rio Blanco County has been hit hard with um, climate change laws shutting down the oil and gas industry. Um, it's been incredible what has happened uh, to a community. We went from being a community that was, you know, flourishing because we received a lot of taxes from obviously from the oil and gas industry and the coal mines and and now you know we're seeing it just dwindle uh, the economy so we're looking for new ways uh, we've had just transition that's been set up to to help us and we've gotten a, a grant from that uh, to do a tourism type thing mm -hmm. for the community but we haven't had great ideas of great ways to bring in industry and we are a rural community yeah. we are we don't have a major highway readily available to us no. so we need somebody to just throw us a bone somebody to you know say hey we want to help yes but, and we quite you know we've had ways to fix things like rural hospitals we've had some housing things that have come available because we are in need of housing we have marketed rangely pretty good mm -hmm. uh we are getting people from all over using our ohv trails mm -hmm. and and kenny reservoir and the river and hunting and so we've had a lot of that we just need that one thing to just so i always say that you know it's just one great idea away from just going nuts mm -hmm. so how do you feel about climate change and shutting down oil and gas, oil and, gas and, and natural and, gas and coal mines and fossil fuels yep I was worried you were going to ask me for my one great idea. <laughs> well, we'll, well take that next. too. Yeah. I, I already gave you one. Oh, okay. Car wash with a stoplight. Well, you know what? We'll work on that one. We might be business partners in the future. How about that? Deal? Deal. <laughs> okay. Count me in. You remember Senate Bill 181 in 2019? Yes. I remember that because, yeah, there were posters all over the place for that. Some key language changed. And I don't know if you remember just a moment ago, I said this will apply to, to across the board. The mission statement changed from fostering the oil and gas industry to regulating the oil and gas industry. Rio Blanco County and Moffat County are the only two counties in the Senate District 8, which do you guys, does everybody know what Senate District 8 is? Um, it's newly created. Yeah, it's, it's new. newly created. They roughly took Senate District 5 and 8, combined them, and split them north-south. Mm -hmm. So you've It'll got- probably good for the listeners to describe what it is. <laughs> so Blackhawk, Central City to the east, west to Utah, and then- Eagle and Summit County, north to the Wyoming border. So you've got Gilpin, Clear Creek, Jackson, Grand, Summit, Eagle, Route, Moffat, Rio Blanco, and then Garfield County, north of the municipal boundaries, north of I-70. So that's our district. It's a big one. And Senate Bill 181 directly contributed to Rio Blanco and Moffat County being the only two counties in this district that shrank at the last census. I was here last month. I had, in my estimation, the most honorable thing I've done in the last two years was to speak at the superintendent awards last month. And it didn't matter how well, how well I had prepared for them. Mm -hmm. It was not going to be good enough for me. Because mm -hmm. to be able to present to a group of young adults potentially impacting the way they think about something or maybe having just a positive influence or one, on one or two of them is a great honor. And to be asked to do that was fantastic. And Matt Scoggins is, you can't have a better person working the school system here. He is a good man. After the my presentation after Matt's presentation and dinner and everything was done I had three parents come up to me that one said I'm so glad with what you, what you had to say I've been trying to get that into my son's head for the last six months and, and I spoke about personal growth and leadership and owning yourself um, some of the lessons that I learned that I, I put in the book 
But the hard part for me was some of the parents came up and said, we'd love to stick around and, and vote for you and support you in your election, but we're moving next week or next month because we lost our jobs up here and we're going to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And that's crushing. And it's a direct result of poor legislation, yep. like 181. And it, it's it's not legislation that's supporting your economy. It is big government that's growing and saying, we know what's best for you. Let us show you. And if you look at the majority party, anybody that's been in office in Denver for the last four years that is a member of the majority party mm-hmm. that voted this way, they have voted for a government that's grown more than 20% for our laws to grow way more than 20% and for our budget to grow way more than 20%. We need to foster, which was the original language before 181, Mm -hmm. not just the oil and gas industry, we need to foster all industries to help our economy grow. We need to figure out a way to utilize the college here or CMC and Edwards or any of the camp. I think every county in this district has a higher education campus. We need to figure out ways to utilize those campuses so that we can get skilled workers that can that want to stay here and can contribute to our communities. We totally agree. <laughs> well, we have some great programs. Like yeah. we have dental hygiene. They have an amazing program, which I understand they're looking at making a four-year rather than a two-year, but how many dental hygienists can live in a, a community of 2,500? So yeah. they're graduating people with degrees but then they're leaving because or it's the same thing with uh right the flight program but rangely struggling finding electricians plumbers, plumbers hvac or, techs i mean i think all the special districts would go in on an hvac tech if they could find one right so we just can't find somebody that will come down this way but the people that do want to come down this way don't have a place to live they just hired a new teacher i mean not teacher but um principal at the high school and he's knocking doors asking people if they'll sell their house to him you know i I keep giving shout outs to the town of eagle but yeah i live in a great community Mm -hmm. shout out to the town of eagle (laughs) um can you tell i've listened to your podcast i really do enjoy them (laughs) good i'm driving two to three hundred miles a day Mm -hmm. and my goal with 10 counties in the district I said, okay, I can make it to each county at least two times a month. And then that gives gives me 10 days to float if there's something urgent or important or to do paperwork or door knock or or whatever I need to do. So I can hit all 10 counties two to three days a month. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of driving. Yeah, My truck does not like me right now. So when I'm on the road, a lot of these roads in our district, we don't have very good cell service. Verizon or AT&T, it cuts out. So I've been listening to podcasts and across the spectrum podcasts, everything from Jocko to Freakonomics to your podcast to a couple on mental health. And it it just, it gets the juices flowing. Mm -hmm. But back to helping the economy in Rangeley, we, I think we need to foster creative and opportunistic solutions. We need to help educate with our higher education and we need to really help with our K through 12 education. Mm-hmm. There's a practice that has been used in balancing the general fund at the state called the budget stabilization factor. Pro-education funding. I had every superintendent in the district pull me aside and say something to me, and it wasn't until Matt Scoggins explained it to me how it works, and he, he showed me the spreadsheet, and I must be fact-driven and numbers-driven, because once I saw it, it clicked. Hmm. And to balance our, gen- our growing, ballooning general fund budget, they're taking from the education fund and using that money to balance the budget. So our teachers are losing pay, our kids are losing supplies, and our schools, look at Rio Blanco County, the population has shrank, mm-hmm. which means they have less students, which means they get less money from the state, Right. but they have the same expenses to fix and repair the roof, to paint the walls, mm-hmm. to pay the, the cleaning services, not to mention special education's a little more expensive, mm-hmm. but they have less money coming in. Right. And on top of that, our House of Representatives is taking money out mm-hmm. 
to balance the the fluff they have in their general fund right so rather than being a pro-education funding where they're throwing monies at the school oh we're going to take some away right oh but because we spent too much over here but every year we were asked to give more money for the schools Mm -hmm. and it's not going to the schools fully well one thing that um and i agree with you i'm a huge uh, advocate for kids and education. I love the youth. I love inspiring the youth to get involved in government. So I relate to you on that. Um, one thing I think we struggle here in Rangeley with as well is um, we take all the kids from Dinosaur. They come over to school just school here. And um, the other half of their county doesn't really take care of them, but they'll take their money, right? Mm-hmm. And so we don't get any money from them to take care of our kids. So that's a conundrum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Senator Lundeen presented legislation last year to do away with the budget stabilization factor, and I believe it would have given $700 million and change back to the K-12 through schools. I hope we have an opportunity that I can learn from Senator Lundeen and work with him to come up with creative solutions to help our schools, and, th- and that would be one of them. We help our schools, we create opportunities, we invite people into our communities, and we foster and welcome businesses, both current and old. Mm-hmm. We haven't even touched on the environmental policies yet, but <laughs> it, it all of this adds up to economics. Our ballooning economy, it, it, it it's affected by so many things. Mm-hmm. The, the, and I'm gonna come back to the environmental, I promise. <laughs> It, affordable housing. Mm-hmm. You've brought it up a couple of times. Uh, when I first walked in, we were talking about it. We have expensive fuel, mm-hmm. expensive lumber. Everything's expensive right now. Mm-hmm. What does that do to the cost of a home? Goes right up Goes to the right ceiling. Up. Yeah. Then we're going to take tax dollars and we're gonna offer grants with tax dollars and we're gonna offer low interest loans to taxpayers through an affordable housing bill. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna pat ourselves on the back because we're helping to address affordable housing. We're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul and we're triple taxing on the other hand and we're calling it helping affordable housing but we haven't gotten to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. It's just like the mental health crisis we talked about, it's just like the fentanyl crisis we talked about. We gotta get to the root of the problems and stop putting Band-Aids and arterial bleeds. Mm If we can cut down on the energy cost, the price of everything falls. And by pushing industries out of our state, it's crushing the counties in this district, your backyard and your home, and it is directly contributing to the high cost of homes. Yeah. So all of this is this cart before the horse. Where do we start? Mm-hmm. Because it is a mess. Yeah. And we've gotta go through and clean up the mess. As far as environmental goes with oil and gas, the intention behind what they're trying to do for the environment is great. The execution, the policy behind it is not. It, I believe in all, all energy. It, it, we can't just go from oil and gas to electric like that right. and say, we're done. Because mm-hmm. you need oil and gas to support electric. You have plastic in your car. Where's that come from? You have an electric car. Where's the battery come from? Right. It, it They all work together cohesively. And if we can groom an interaction between them all, we can both work for the planet mm-hmm. and the environment and help our local economies. Mm-hmm. We have the cleanest coal in the world right here in Colorado. Yeah, we do. Well, and you know, Mayor Schaefer, Andy Schaefer, shout out to Andy. Shout out to Andy. <laughs> he, um, he had an opportunity to address uh, Hickenlooper for a few minutes. We went to Craig, Colorado, and, and he got to, uh, to speak with him for a few minutes. And one of the things he said, which I feel like made total sense. No. One of the things he said was, you know, he works for Utah Gas. We're trying to be a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. All of the regulations you've handed down, we're complying with. We need you to be a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to remember that, Matt, as we are nearing the end of the podcast. Be a good neighbor. If you are elected, 
don't disregard all of the small little communities <laughs> please, that, please. that need assistance. <laughs> yeah. There's people here, good, good humans. Good humans, yeah. I've traveled all over the world, all over the United States, and I chose to live here. Mm-hmm. And I repeatedly choose to live here. Mm-hmm. This is my backyard, and you are my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything but help my backyard flourish. Mm-hmm. And so, absolutely, I will. I don't know what there is to forget about you because I live here. <laughs> <laughs> so, one last question, and then we'll we'll wind this down. Um, most of my decisions in voting are based on how someone feels about abortion. Well, we have two questions, but we have okay. that one and then another one. <laughs> and and I um, am very pro-life, and that's you know everybody has their thing right and that's mine i'm very pro-life and i was devastated when the last law in colorado was passed um for abortion because i mean it is a terrible law and and it i actually cried about that when um i was watching the news and that that came up and and then you know you see uh say the governor <laughs> on mainstream media bragging about this law mm-hmm. and it breaks your heart so I usually ask everybody that is running for this type of office how do you feel about abortion are you pro-life well since you didn't ask Dylan last week I'll tell you <laughs> well I think we already knew the answer on that one he voted for the bill that you're referring to and it's a horrible bill it um they don't define life and that's concerning i'm a paramedic and one of the things that we're taught in medicine is life begins when it's sustainable outside the womb but then you also have different people with their faith that believe life begins at conception Mm -hmm. i believe my job as a senator is not to be an advocate one way or the other but is to represent my district in the senate Mm -hmm. and to do that we have to have these hard conversations And more important than that, I have to listen to you and to everyone. We were talking earlier, I don't ask people their party affiliation because that doesn't matter to me because we're all neighbors, right? Right. And we have to have these discussions as neighbors. We agree 70% of the time, that 30%, this is part of that 30% with different people. And I want to have these conversations with the 30%. I want to take corrective action on this law so we can truly have a law that represents life Mm -hmm. and Colorado as a whole. Mm -hmm. If we do away with this law and we have a conversation and the conversation comes out that, hey, this was a good law, then so be it. My personal feelings are this is a terrible law and we need to do away with it. When I vote, though, I have to. I take an oath to the to the Constitution, mm-hmm. and I have to vote for my constituents, which are the two of you: the town of Rangeley, county of Rio Blanco, Moffat, Route, Eagle, on down the line to the east. So I want to have these hard conversations. You don't need to dance in your chair when you ask the question. <laughs> By all means, ask it. And I appreciate that you ask the question in a way that is conversational and not accusatory or pointing fingers and. It encourages us, so thank you for that. Well, I don't have a problem saying I'm pro-life, but when I feel like someone has a problem saying that, yep. that tells me all I need to know. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we have to define life, and I am pro-life. I am pro-defining it as well, because without that conversation, in context, it we can't legislate it. Right. And it... it it's a tough one. It, it's, a, it's not a tough one for people of faith and, and people that have their beliefs. What makes it tough is society right now, people seem to have lost the ability to communicate with each other and they want to convert and not communicate. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we've got to communicate so we can find common ground to have this conversation. And I see all these things on the news, mm-hmm. mainstream media that my body, my choice. Do they think that women are so ignorant that we can't use birth control if we decide that we don't want to be pregnant and we want to uh, prevent that? I, I don't like that because I feel like I'm intelligent enough 
to understand birth control mm-hmm. and b- abortion is not birth control yeah. and I just think that that's my opinion so Mackenzie I think away from the heavy <laughs> uh, Mackenzie's sweating over I'm here. like oh my goodness <laughs> don't make me make a decision right now <laughs> um, so what is your favorite thing about Rangeley this is my last question the fireworks last night. Are you <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so that was your first time, right? That was my first fireworks display in Rangeley. Okay. <clears throat> Not my first time in Rangeley. Right. It, it, wow. Mm-hmm. How long was it? Ninety minutes. I know it was over an hour. Yeah. It I th- it was close to ninety minutes because mm-hmm. I remember watching. And I'm like, oh, that was really good. That must have been the finale. And then wham, it starts up all over again. Yeah. And it kept half every 15 minutes was another wave. And the the stuff on the pontoon, wasn't that so cool? It was like 50 spotlights were lighting up across the water. Mm-hmm. And then the shadows of the cars and the people going up the wall. Mm-hmm. But more than that was because it's this narrow canyon across mm-hmm. the lake and the highway. Right. And you can feel the vo- the the boom, the boom reverberate. Yeah through your bones. Isn't it so cool? It was really special. So I think that's my new favorite thing in Rangeley. So you're going to come back next year? Can we just do it every weekend? (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) I think my dad would too because he puts on the fireworks. We need to get some economy going because that was not a cheap show. No, No. it was not. (laughs) We've been very blessed to have that every year. Yeah. You were blessed to have a town council that puts that investment into our Independence Day. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Real Blanco Recreation Center. That's right. <laughs> Tim Weber, Andy Schaefer. The whole crew. So I could do a whole shout out for all of them. But so Matt, thank you for coming to Two Girls, One, One Small, Small Town. Town Podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Wait, we got to give them the floor for a couple minutes to oh, say what the do. rest. Yeah, you have to say whatever you want to the people of the podcast. You get a couple minutes. When I was in fourth grade, I had okay. a teacher tell me that the floor, to take the floor. Uh-huh. And I didn't know what she meant. It was the first time I'd ever heard that phrase. And I sat down on the floor. (laughs) And then I got in trouble for being funny. And I was completely confused because I wasn't trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. So you don't want me to sit on the floor. No, I don't want you to sit on the floor. Just take the floor. Yeah, you have a couple minutes to say whatever you want to the people of Northwest Colorado. Well, my name is Matt Solomon. Mm -hmm. I'm running for Senate District 8. And I do have, as you mentioned earlier, over two decades of public service experience, longer than that in the private sector. And my hope is to bring those experience together in a collaborative effort Mm -hmm. so we can bridge gaps, help repair and build our economy, improve our great state, and improve Northwest Colorado. And we have to do that by working together. Mm -hmm. And I really look forward to being your senator and representing you in that effort. And if you have any questions or want to reach out and and tell me what I'm doing right or wrong or educate me on something, because if any of us tell you we know it all, we don't. (laughs) And I certainly cannot. And I welcome opportunities to learn more. So my website is SolomonForColorado.com. And that's all those. (laughs) S-O-L-O-M-O-N for F-O-R. Colorado. Dot com. Dot com. The only A is in rad. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. But reach out, SolomonForColorado.com, and give me the opportunity to earn your vote in November. Mm-hmm. Support the campaign. Mm-hmm. We've got a long haul and a lot to do, and, and I want to... I was going to say I want to be here for you, but that would rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to be here for us. So thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate being here. Thank you for being a good human, Matt. We appreciate good humans in Rangeley. Yep. And until next time, be a good human. human.